Good morning. Just a reminder that after our second service today, we will be having a voters meeting and also a light lunch will be provided as well. Uh, next week is our Referfest celebration, and that will take place immediately following the second service with a luncheon and then other activities uh, throughout that afternoon. So please feel free to join us for that. The Old Testament reading for this, the 20th Sunday after Pentecost, is from the fourth chapter of Genesis. Now Adam knew his wife, his Eve, his wife, And she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. And again she bore his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, and Cain a worker of the ground. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. And Abel also brought the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering he had no regard. So Cain was very angry, and his face fell. The Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry, and why is your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is for you, but you must rule over it. Cain spoke to his Abel, his brother, and when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is Abel, your brother? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And the Lord said, What have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground, and now you are cursed from the ground which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, it shall no longer yield to you its strength. You shall be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth. Cain said to the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Behold, you have driven me today away from the ground, and from your face I shall be hidden. I shall be a fugitive and wanderer on the earth. And whoever finds me will kill me. Then the Lord said to him, Not so. If anyone kills Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord put a mark on Cain, lest any who found him should attack him. This is the word of the Lord. Our epistle reading is from the fourth chapter of Second Timothy. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering. And the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. At my first defense, no one came to stand by me, but all deserted me. May it not be charged against them. But the Lord stood by me and strengthened me, so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed, and all the Gentiles might hear it. So I was rescued from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. 
Amen. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 18th chapter. Jesus also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. Two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Now they were bringing even infants to him that he might touch them. And when the disciples saw it, they rebuked them. But Jesus called them to him, saying, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. This is the gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Two men went into the temple to pray. They went during the time of day when a sacrifice of a lamb was being made for the sins of the people. So while a lamb was in the back being cut open with a knife and its blood being spilled out for the forgiveness of sins... These two men were praying. The two men both prayed, but they were very different. The tax collector just looked straight down at the ground, pounded on his chest and said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. But the other man, the Pharisee, prayed very differently. The Pharisee stood in front of everyone, puffed out his chest, lifted up his voice, and gave thanks. But the Pharisee wasn't giving thanks to God. No, the Pharisee was giving thanks for what a great guy he was. That he wasn't like other sinners. He was giving thanks that he wasn't like some adulterer. He was giving thanks... That he was nothing like that tax collector on the other side of the church. Hard to believe the Pharisee did that or would say something like that right in public, isn't it? Especially that he said those things out loud in church. There he was comparing himself to other sinners and saying... He wasn't as bad as them. There he was comparing himself to other people who he thinks are worse than him. And why? Also that he could try and make himself look better 
in the eyes of God. He was trusting in himself to let himself off the proverbial hook for being a sinner. I hope we never do that. For example, I hope a mother would never compare her children with someone else's children and say, glad my kids aren't like those kids. And I'm not just talking about how the kids act. Because it's very different when a mother compares her child's sins with some other child's sins and says in her heart, Thank God my kids are not like so-and-so's kids. Because that sounds a lot like what the Pharisees said, doesn't it? God, I thank you that I'm not like other men. But we would never do something like that, would we? We would never compare ourselves with some other sinner just to try and make ourselves feel better about our own sins as if we're less sinful, would we? And yet how often nowadays do you hear people from one political party call members of another political party evil? And then members of that political party call members of the other political party evil as well. Basically, one sinner is calling another sinner a worse sinner than them. And vice versa. How does that old saying go? Isn't that the pot calling the kettle black? Are we really comparing ourselves with others to try and feel better about our own sinfulness? As if we ourselves are so much more put together in the faith than those other people. Boy, the words of the Pharisee are not very far from us. In fact, I can suddenly hear them coming out of our own two lips. God, I thank you that I am not like those other men. I think we do it. I think we do what the Pharisee did. We do it any time we try to make our sins look less. We do it when we hear on the evening the news that a teenager shot two people in broad daylight. A terrible crime. And we just shake our heads at that teenager and say even out loud, Oh, how could anyone do something so horrible? God, I am so thankful that I would never do anything like that. Meanwhile, though, earlier that day, you may have shot down two of your co-workers during a lunch break as you badmouth them in the worst way as being lazy and certainly not deserving the same amount in a paycheck as you do. And in your heart, you say, God... I thank you that I have such a great work ethic that I am nothing like those two lazy slobs over there. Oh, we really do try and make ourselves feel better. To think we are like the, not like those other people. 
how wrong we are. It's dangerous when we compare ourselves to others. It is dangerous when we gather here in church and compare ourselves to other people in the same church. It is dangerous because who are we really looking at in those moments to release us of our sins? Is it Jesus? Or is it us? I don't know, but when I hear people comparing themselves to someone else, Jesus isn't usually a part of that equation. He's not a part of that discussion. He's absent. In that moment, it's all about you and that other person. And you have decided to make yourself the judge of your own sins, and you decide to acquit yourself because you aren't so bad as that other person. Sadly, in that scenario, Jesus is not around at all. It's all about you. Two men went into the temple to pray. They went during the time of day when the sacrifice was being made for the sins of the people. So while a lamb was in the back being cut open with a knife and its blood being spilled out for the forgiveness of sins, these two men were praying. Two men both prayed, but they were very different. We know how the Pharisee prayed. He did not give thanks to God for the sacrifice God was making. No, the Pharisee gave thanks for himself for not being like these other sinners. But there was another man praying, a tax collector, a sinner. Unlike the Pharisee, this man knew he was nothing. He knew he was a sinner. He knew he could do nothing to free himself from his sin. And this man could not find a sinner lower than himself because he was considered the lowest of sinners. And rather than lifting up his eyes to heaven, he lowered them to the ground. Instead of lifting his arms in the air as the Jews did when they prayed, usually all he could do was beat his chest in repentance. Instead of giving thanks for himself, for how great he was, all he could say was, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. All he could rely upon was God. Which person are you? Which person do you want to be? Do you want to be the type of person who just compares himself with others to feel like you are better than other sinners? You can do that. But I don't think it's going to work for long or work very well for you. Or do you want to be like the tax collector? who didn't try to justify himself 
for a second. Instead, look what he did. He begged God for forgiveness. And God was willing to give forgiveness, 100%. These two men went into the temple to pray. They went during the time of day when the sacrifice was being made for the sins of the people. We don't have to toss that lamb to the side and rely upon ourselves. We can be like the tax collector and say, God, I am just like every other sinner and I cannot free myself. I need you to free me. Next week, we're going to celebrate the Reformation. We are going to be reminded that we are saved by grace and not by our own works. We are saved by the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, who bore our sins on the cross to give us complete and total freedom from all of our sins. We don't need to compare ourselves to other sinners to try and feel better about ourselves. That is a pathetic attempt to try and cover our sins. It's like Adam and Eve trying to hide their nakedness with fig leaves. No, we have something so much better to cover our sin. We have Jesus Christ who spilled his own blood for our forgiveness We do not need anything else. We don't need to try and compare ourselves with other sinners to feel better about ourselves. No, Jesus wants you looking at him to feel better about yourself. Because of Jesus, you really are less of a sinner. You are forgiven because of him. Jesus doesn't want you looking at anyone else to be released from your sins. Today, as we pray here together, the Lamb of God has been slain for us. God's work for you has been completed. And as we pray, as we worship, he wants all of us sinners, every single one of us, to be looking to him for our forgiveness. It truly is by the work of Christ and Christ alone that we are freed from our sins. And it is Jesus alone who can say to you and does say to you, I forgive you. I forgive you because of my sacrifice given into death for you for the forgiveness of all of your sins. Amen. And now may the peace of our God, which surpasses our understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.